Get a balanced analysis on both domestic and international topics within the framework of cross-cultural comparisons. This is Dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. From this December on, citizens from France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, Spain and Malaysia will not need visas to travel for up to 15 days in China. According to China's foreign ministry, the move is to help promote China's high-quality development and opening up. What more do we know about the new policy? Why these six countries? And how could this impact people-to-people -people exchanges and business interactions? To find out more, for the first half of the program, I'm glad to talk with Jen Swim, CEO of the Trip.com Group. And for the second half of the show, I'll also talk with Joy Palm, independent political analyst, and Professor Jove Toker from the American Graduate School in Paris. That's our topic. I'm Xu Qinduo. Welcome to Dialogue, Jen. We know that the new pilot project uh, will last for one year. So, of course, mm -hmm. we know that China has a similar uh, program with Singapore and Brunei. But mm -hmm. this is the first time to have European countries as part of such a visa-free scheme. So, mm -hmm. what do you see as a signal sending out to, in particular, European countries and beyond, maybe? Yeah, first of all, we are very excited to, to see this movement because we believe China has such a rich history, so much to see and to experience. So to have this friendly policy enables our friends all over the world to come into China. Secondly, we have got a lot of very positive feedback from these countries. Uh, if you look at the data from uh, the time the policy is announced, uh, the volume has increased uh, about 40% compared to the months before. So people are really taking advantage of this free visa initiatives to come to China. So we anticipate that uh, more and more people, uh, whether leisure or business, will take advantage of the free visa and come to visit China. Well, considering the fact that, Jane, you know, this is a unilateral move by the Chinese side to offer visa-free entry into two countries, you know, uh, six of them, and five of them are from European countries, you know, major economies, Germany, France, uh, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, etc. Are you expecting the list will be getting longer and more countries will join this scheme? We love to, because uh, if you look at how many people we bring out every year before COVID, China sends 155 million people all over the world. Because Chinese people are very much influenced by the Confucius teaching, which is it is better to travel 10,000 miles than to read 10,000 books. All the parents would love to bring their children to go to visit different countries, visit, uh, learn about the history and the culture and use it as a way to learn. And we very much like to do the same for the rest of the world. China has thousands of rich years of history. There are so many things we can introduce to the world through travel. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, China have already made a very positive move to open its border unilaterally for these six countries. And more and more countries hopefully will join. Well, as a CEO of uh, Trip.com Group, you know, uh, which is one of the leading travel agencies uh, around the world, I mean, you get this uh, first-hand 
data, uh, a look at the impact of the visa-free policy. So what's your prediction? Like say, you know, for next year, uh, well, very soon, <laughs> we'll start uh, uh, on January 1st. Uh, what's your prediction of the recovery of the inbound uh, tourism? for China. I think uh, we are very excited that our government is very proactive, uh, supporting people and friends around the world and invite them to visit China uh, because uh, uh, China is a big country. There are so many places uh, that's very interesting and presents different opportunities uh, for travelers around the world to explore. Uh, so we are very much uh, very supportive uh, to make sure uh, we want to make the user experience excellent customers coming to China. So free visa is the first move uh, from China part uh, to lift some uh, restrictions on the visa application side. And once the customers take the flight and come in, uh, into China, we also want to uh, make sure people shows the hospitality and friendship uh, from the Chinese people. What about this? Uh, I know at the very beginning, you know, after we lifted the restrictions uh, um, of, of the pandemic, uh, you know, the, the people were expecting, you know, more tourism, either outbound or inbound. But it's not uh, becoming a reality, uh, probably in a short mm -hmm. period of time. Part of, uh, part of that reason lies in the, the fact that there's a lack of a flight, for example, the recovery yeah. of a flight Correct. and service. And also, it's very expensive travel on some uh, roads, let's say, for example, if you travel between China and the US, uh, I mean, the, the fare is exorbitant for a lot of people, prohibitive, you know. So are we expecting more flights probably from China mm -hmm. to other parts of the world? And then, I mean, it's becoming more affordable. Yes, uh, you're right. If you look at the demand side uh, for cross borders, on our side, uh, the traffic uh, from customers already exceeded 2019 level. However, on the supply side, we still have two major hurdles. The first one is the visa applications takes too long. Uh, for example, uh, for European uh, Schengen visa, it takes you know, three to six months. Uh, for uh, United States, it can also take quite long. So that's the first issue. The second one is the flight capacity. Uh, there are uh, a couple of areas uh, which does very well. For example, the GCC country in the Middle East, uh, they offer free visa. They also doubled the flight capacity. So we are bringing thousands of customers to that region. Thailand, the Prime Minister went to uh, the airport to welcome Trip.com customers. And they also offer free visa for five months. Again, that's also very attractive for most of the travelers. And Singapore, of course, is doing very well. Uh, the visa application is very efficient. And when you enter into Singapore, it's uh, all automatic. You don't need to do any manual uh, things to enter into the country. So these are the good role models uh, for the rest of the countries. When the other regions uh, also are making a good progress, for example, even in United States, at the beginning of the year, the flight capacity only recovered 6%. But after Secretary Romano's visit, uh, we're trying to uh, double or triple that number. Uh, so by the end of this year, it will be recovering to 20%. And hopefully after APAC, there will be more flights being added uh, to the routes. So we're very excited and we hope uh, there are more positive policy coming into the industries to encourage the cross-borders transactions. Well, Jane, you uh, once said uh, that you know, the potential of China's inbound tourism is huge. 
And if mm. it's raised to the international median level, uh, that is 1.5 percent of a country's mm. GDP here, uh, China's GDP uh, in the case, it could bring in at least uh, nearly 1.3 trillion yuan of growth. So you seem uh, optimistic. And if uh, that comes true, so can related travel business tap into this potential? In what way that will benefit your business, let's say? Huge, uh, huge upside because in China we have very good hotel inventories. Uh, we have very good uh, flight uh, connections to ready uh, to host our friends from all over the world. Uh, so we just want to make sure our service capacity, our product quality is being improved. Uh, so when more and more friends uh, from the rest of the world come into China, uh, they will be ready for them to use. So uh, do you also see there's uh, the demand uh, more or less the same, you know, if you compare to the pre-pandemic level, I mean, on the Chinese mm. side, uh, for the Chinese mm. tourists, are they as yeah. eager as in the past to visit, uh, you know, not only yes. Southeast Asian countries, which, you know, the neighbor China, which is closer, but also yeah. from, like, as you said, long haul countries like Australia, mm. European countries, the United States. Yes, uh, for the Chinese demand side, we have already seen demands exceeding 2019 levels. So people are very excited to explore the world after three years of COVID. So in Asia, the most popular travel destinations are Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand. In the Middle East, uh, the three cities that's very popular is uh, Dubai and also the, the nearby GCC countries, which offers three, you know, free visa. In in Europe, the three countries that's on the top of the list is Switzerland, France, and Spain. Thank you, Jen. And let's take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Get a balanced analysis on both domestic and international topics within the framework of cross-cultural comparisons. This is Dialogue. Welcome back. Besides the new visa-free policy for these six nations, many new international air roads have also been reopened. Also, China has issued a new five-star card for foreign permanent residents in the country. What do these measures mean for future travel and investment in China? For this half of the program, I'm joined by John Pong, independent political analyst, and Professor Joe Tucker from the American Graduate School in Paris. Welcome to Dialogue. So, John, I will start with you. So, China has unilaterally offered this uh, visa-free entry for citizens from six countries, including Malaysia, where you are originally from, and of course, the five European countries, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Spain, Italy, etc. So, uh, and at the same time, the latest news has uh, that the Chinese Foreign Ministry is uh, talking about reducing like 25% of the visa applic application fees, you know, for citizens around the world if they have interest of coming uh, to visit China. So I, I wonder, you know, what do you see? What's the message? Or what's the signal from the Chinese side? It's a really bright spot. And of course, it underlines China's commitment, this often stated commitment to uh, continuing to reform and, and, and open up. So I was excited to see as a Malaysian, I was really excited to see Malaysia on that list. I think it's some testimony to the uh, importance of uh, the relationship and of, uh, you know, people-to-people -people exchange with 
with Malaysia. Uh, yes. Uh, Professor Toker, you are based in uh, Paris and your, I would say, patriots in, in France and, of course, citizens from Germany and other European countries, five of them, will enjoy such a policy on the first list of countries you know, with visa-free treatment there. What's your response? Here, for once, there's lovely news over the waves. We, we're not accustomed to so many lovely news. This is one. Obviously, that's positive. We know from past experiences, both in Asia and in Europe and over the North Atlantic, then when you have easing down on uh, restrictions and bureaucracy regarding visas, it's always working uh, relatively fast and in an efficient way, uh, it makes it easier for planning. It's good for business, for tourism business, and it's good for the overall atmosphere because tourism is not just people moving from one country to the other and visiting uh, archaeological sites and museums uh, and downtowns all over the world. It's also communicating over distances. And this is so important and can be so positive if exploited intelligently. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you know, people-to-people -people exchanges, uh, as the professor said, uh, uh, they are very important to uh, relationship among countries. Uh, and also, you know, related development joint, uh, you know, China has uh, recently issued uh, its new so-called five-star card for foreign permanent residents in this country, you know, a total of 50 foreign citizens from about uh, 20 countries have received the first generation of such a card on the first day. And the card holders, I believe, uh, you know, they can use it for various purposes, just like a, a Chinese citizen using their ID, I guess, you know, for getting a ticket, for getting around in the cities and inside the country. So it's a bit different from the previous, uh, like they say, Chinese green card, uh, which is already available for uh, some people living in the country. So if you, you know, put them together, the moves uh, uh, taken by the Chinese government, uh, what, what is the purpose of creating such a card, you know, uh, who will benefit from it? And uh, so what do you see as, uh, you know, the purpose or the goal uh, of China you know, to have probably to create more convenience for people from other countries here? One of the things the card is going to do is to uh, deepen integration into China's financial system. Uh, this is a non-trivial issue for foreigners here, given the highly sophisticated nature of this uh, cashless uh, economy. Um, so, so there are actual practical benefits to it. And um, it's a very strong signal, once again, of a kind of intent to have long-term relationships with foreign, to have, to have people here have long-term relationship with China. And, and to actually reside here and make, make China their, 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 their home. So that's a, you know, I think, I think that, that card is a, is a nice, a really good step forward that, that way. Professor Toker, of course, you know, the background uh, of these uh, recent measures, uh, you, you can see, you know, could be uh, basically is that, you know, there are some concerns, you know, whether China will continue with the reforms and opening up. Now, with recent measures, you know, what do you see as, uh, you know, the direction of the Chinese development here? Well, one has to see to what extent these measures could become bilateral and movements could be facilitated on both sides are from Asia to Western Europe and the other way around. And then we know also from experience um, when there are visa restrictions and then they are drawn and, and, and terminated uh, or paused, then there is sort of a 
our transition period before really things grow in terms of tourism, in terms of flow of tourists, of groups, uh, of organized tours, etc. Uh, especially when it comes to long-distance de destinations, which is the case uh, speaking about French and German and Italian and Spaniards and Dutch tourists uh, um, on their potential way to China. So I guess there will be sort of um, a, a few-month period right now in front of us, and then hopefully uh, comes the spring, uh, things would start to show in figures and in uh, yuans and in euros. Well, yes, uh, there are a lot more we can do to improve, to create more convenience you know, for travelers uh, around the world. Uh, John, of course, you know, speak of the background. You know, another, I would say, larger background is uh, it, what we have today around the world. You have conflicts, you have uh, you know, confrontation, you have ideological differences uh, here. It's kind of a fragment in the world. And now, if you look at these measures, basically, they are, they are aiming to bring people together to bring people closer to each other rather than Absolutely. say, you know, separating each other or alienating each other here. I think in that sense, it's quite positive, let's say. A lot of the kind of misperceptions about, about China, a lot of the, uh, the negative perceptions that there exist in China, especially in Western mainstream media, the media is able to, to uh, portray China in such a negative light because quite frankly, a lot of people haven't been to China. I think coming here is, a, is quite an experience for a lot of people. I have many friends from, from the US, uh, even from Europe, whose uh, outlook on the world has, has changed, not just on China, but the outlook on the world has, 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 has changed as a result of, 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 uh, of actually having contact with China, personal contact, and seeing China and, and making friends here. So this is really important. For, for Southeast Asia, restoring kind of easy visa-free travel, at least beginning with Malaysia, and I think Singapore has it, that really brings us back to a period when travel actually, maybe more than 100 years ago, travel was actually quite, quite open in, in the region. And uh, people here are really related to one another so, and, and are friends with each other. So it's actually a, a region. It will also aid um, the building of kind of East Asian economic community. And that, that's a project that's been going on between China and ASEAN uh, for decades. So in all these ways, th this, is, this is very, very positive and, and very necessary. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like actually visiting China and, and being here. Uh, yeah, John, you know, speak of that, of course, you know, after China issued uh, this new policy, uh, there's uh, like a uh, corresponding um, policy from Malaysia. You know, they're offering like a 30 days visa-free entry uh, to Malaysia for the Chinese citizens. And then we have Singapore also like a month-long visa-free treatment to each other, uh, Singapore and China. So that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we see this follow-up as you know, I mean, equally positive for, for integration, let's say, as you said, you know, uh, between not only between China and Malaysia, China Singapore, but probably between China and uh, Southeast Asia. Indeed, that, that's really, really important. So allowing, having allowing people to visit one another easily and, and, and to, to do so without sort of worrying about sort of visa application times and so on. That, of course, creates a, a more a positive uh, mood and, and, and feeling, but it will have a lot of practical implications uh, in, in people kind of moving back and forth and having, for example, business ideas and, and, and projects and uh, for increasing trade and economic interaction between uh, China and, and Southeast Asia. So that's something we can look forward to. It will take time for the uh, tourism numbers to, to ramp up, but it's, an, it's going to be transformative. This 
travel between the two places is 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 necessary but it's also going to move to interaction between uh, increasing sort of integration between uh, china and southeast asia of course they are um, also... i see the chinese market for example yeah is increasingly sophisticated and uh, you know southeast asian tourism markets have to adapt and move fast to catch up with that well, uh, if I'm not uh, wrong, I think they are each other's the largest uh, trading partner in you know, China and ASEAN uh, as a Indeed. group here. So, of course, you know, uh, more uh, measures to facilitate people-to-people uh, -people exchanges and also trade uh, that will less benefit both sides. Professor Toker, if you look at uh, you know the first group of countries enjoying such a treatment, the five European countries, and people are expecting that the list will be enlarged, you know, more European countries probably will get uh, such a treatment. I mean, citizens will find it easier to uh, come to China. Uh, as, as I said, you know, this is against the background of, say, stagnation of globalization, if not full stop of globalization. We are seeing uh, countries, uh, all the, the global landscape is getting fragmented, but now probably it's a time. I mean, European Union is for globalization and free trade. China is too. It's really for them to to getting closer and to work together, probably. Do you see any chance in the near future there will be, a, say, a reciprocal uh, treatment or you know, also visa application for Chinese citizens to visit the European countries uh, that will getting simpler and easier? That's what past experience and precedents tell us. Normally, uh, at times, the, those kind of easing on bureaucratic and visa uh, um, uh, requirements are done bilaterally. This is not the case yet, but we see all over the place in uh, countries of different political character and commercial and tourist uh, characteristics. This is what happens, uh, perhaps not right away, but say in the medium run. And hopefully this will be the case, obviously, for uh, West European countries opening their uh, uh, airports and uh, for Chinese tourists to come over without the hassle of the bureaucratic uh, 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 visa requirement and the money which is associated with it. Because, you know, uh, uh, you don't have to be a, a scholar involved in deep research. A conversation between individuals, whatever the conversation is about, uh, whether a tourist just asks for his or her way in a train station or chooses an object in, in a shop, any shop in China. I mean, that does so much in order to humanize relations on levels which go well beyond the individual and whoever is the other individual uh, from the other country. And we saw that all, all across, we have a world which has so many means of communication and it seems to me so easy to communicate between Beijing and London and Paris and Rome and Madrid. But then we have a lot of filters which stop us from understanding each other. And many of them, not all of them, but many of them are, are situated on human dimensions, on human grounds. And this is the kind of measures which can speed things up in the right direction. Well, let's look at uh, the, the new year, you know, 2024, of course, uh, uh, you know, some are hopeful that the new year could be the year uh, we see a rapid recovery. Uh, uh, or improvement of China-U.S. business and travel interactions. Uh, flights between the two countries are increasing. More people-to-people -people exchange, more business uh, travels between the two countries. So uh, in that sense, I would say that's also very positive, not only for the two countries, but also for global economy. Yeah, but we saw that. Uh, we saw 
We saw right before, uh, during the first phases of the COVID, we saw how uh, the number of direct flights, uh, let's say between China and uh, North America, but also China and Western Europe and other continents, when that number of flights went down, uh, first as sort of a cautionary measure, then it stayed and stagnated in this way, then it takes more time to reignite the system. And this is where we are right now. Uh, let it be over the Chinese West European traffic as well as the Chinese USA traffic. But we are on the right direction. Now, will political and overall goodwill uh, really dictate the tone and the rhythm of uh, uh, this hopefully better phase in bilateral and multilateral relations, we still don't know. Because as we know, the world agenda is not necessarily uh, always a smiling one, far from that. So uh, these also, these aspects do influence um, the wish of individuals and the overall flow of groups to travel from one country to the other when it comes to long distances and when it comes to countries which have different systems and different types of societies. But it is obviously the thing on the right direction. How deep will be this right direction? Let's talk about it in six months. So uh, obviously, um, I mean, at least in the sense, Professor Tokran, you know, if you let's say put aside the politics or geopolitics, uh, geopolitical consideration here, I mean, economically speaking, I mean, you see, you have people visiting each other, or uh, you have uh, the tourism, uh, let's say, growth uh, in countries uh, that will help the economy, help with the economy, and uh, I mean, Chinese uh, uh, tourists. Are seen as uh, at least uh, you know before the, pan the pandemic, we see the they are the biggest spenders. You know, uh, many countries, uh, many markets do welcome them to their arrival uh, because that's uh, seen as a boost to uh, local economies. Uh, of course, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say it's it's the same. You know, for China to welcome uh, tourists from other countries because that's good to the Chinese economy. So that's like I mean, that's a theory. That's a consideration. Absolutely. I still remember a few years backwards when uh, before the COVID and before restrictions, uh, they were actually complaining in Europe, uh, for example, in France, in Italy, in Spain, that because so many Chinese tourists are coming and because they play such an important role in the local economies of a great uh, touristic destination, destinations such as Italy and Spain and the Netherlands and France, that actually uh, European tourists are in a way sort of uh, 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 suffer from some kind of discrimination because so many efforts are invested in welcoming Chinese tourists and trying to make sure the stay in France or in Spain or in Italy would be pleasant, of course, and that they will spend a lot of money which would do good to local European economies. Uh, so now, hopefully, these uh, 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 process would just go the other way, and uh, things will raise in this uh, sense, and we're going to see it in figures, not only just in terms of wishes and good intentions. Yeah, uh, good intentions and also uh, economic growth. With that, we come to the end for today's show. Uh, many thanks to our guests. I'm Xu Qinduo. Thanks for being with us. See you next time.